Thank you very much, Joseph, for reading God's word for us this morning. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, today we thank you for giving us the record of your word to us, your written word. We pray that you will help us now to understand and apply to our lives and our living this day. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning I want to think on this Diocesan Mission Sunday about communication. How we do, do we send a message? How is it received? There are lots of ways of communication, isn't there? The basic one, of course, is what I'm doing now. And we all do about a message, whether it's good or bad. Anything that needs to be communicated, any message, we speak very clearly. God has given us the, the ability to speak, so we speak and we send it in that particular way. I suppose the old traditional form, which is a dying art and happens very little now, is the letter. Many year, years ago, people had very little other means of communication, centuries ago, but except send a letter. If you ever watched, which probably is very little on TV now, we don't see cowboy Indian films on TV now, do we? But yeah, we all enjoyed it at one stage, and smoke signals. They took and they puff, puff, puff. Uh, and that was how they sent. It was an earlier form, I think, of Morse code. Then in the 1830s and 1840s, uh, a man called Samuel Morse used a telegraph and used the Morse code, the dots, dot, dots and dashes. He used dots and dashes to symbolize the various letters of the alphabet. And so a great means of communication by the telegraph and the telegram and Morse code uh, became very much the end thing in those days. Of course, we have the great means of communication that uh, comes through the radio, invented in the 19th, 18th, 19th century, with the TV, which came through John Logie Baird in 1926. And in fact, known in 19, 1936, uh, King George's coronation was televised on a nine-inch screen. Can you imagine it? Nine-inch screen. What do we have now? 55, 60, maybe bigger screens in our homes now. Can you imagine? Everybody crammed in the room. No worry about social distancing then, was there? And everybody crammed in, sit and watch this TV. And very few people had it. It was black and white, 1936. It wasn't uh, until uh, the 1970s, really. I suppose most people had TV, if they got electric in their houses, they got TV, a black and white TV, and maybe it was, was a 20 inch screen or something like that there that they had. Then uh, it expanded. The wonderful thing was in the 1967 colour TV. Everybody thought they were made up. And what did you do? You sat in the corner and you put on BBC One, BBC Two, and maybe UTV at that stage. But you got up to change the channels. We're all now have a thing in our hands and you press it and you record TV programs, you can cha change channels and you have a multiplicity of channels. Sorry, men means of communication. Then there was the great advancement of TV, put the subtitles on for those who were deaf. And uh, TV, of course, now lasts 24 seven, doesn't it? Do you remember when it came, was it 11 o'clock or half 11, 12 o'clock at night, uh, the national anthem was played and then, uh, and then suddenly it was a TV went dot, all you saw was a wee dot and a, you had a blank screen then. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
The younger ones don't know what I'm talking about, do they? I think it's away, and it must be the days of Noah and the Ark. But that's what it was. Remember, too, the colour of the hair tells it, doesn't it? Uh, then we had things like we had Braille, which is a wonderful invention by Louis Braille. Uh, 30, 63 characters uh, made of one or up to six dots, and people could, who were blind could then uh, touch uh, a page and they could read for themselves. A wonderful advancement, invented, say, by Louis Braille uh, by 1824, when he was uh, 15 years of age, and he'd been at school, and he came up with this great idea. But you know what was sad thing? It was only two years after his death that became adopted as an official means of communication for blind people. Then you have sign language, uh, invented by Thomas Braidwood. He had opened a school for deaf and dumb children in 1760. And then in the late 18th century in Britain, a man called Joseph Watson uh, uh, helped develop Braille or sign language using uh, your fingers, of course. Then a semaphore, which was the use of flags or lights Ships used them as lights, uh, and dot the way they flashed the lights, long or short, gave the message using different al- letters of the alphabet. Then the flags, semaphore, uh, the angle which the arms raised uh, meant different letters of the alphabet. So that was a, a means of communication as well. Uh, and the telephone, of course, uh, invented by uh, Alexander Graham Bell. 1876, he made a long-distance call from Osborne House in Isle of Wight to Queen Victoria in London. She was greatly gratified, it said in a report, and, uh, and surprised by the exhibition of the telephone. And the flyer of that time said, in 1877, persons using it can converse miles apart in precisely the same manner as though they were in the same room. So the telephone was thought to be a wonderful advancement. It's practically nearly outdated, isn't it now? Do you ever, when you're asked to give your contact number to the enemy, say, what's your telephone number? You say, what's your mobile number? Which brings me to the mobile. It was invented by a man called Marty Cooper. Um, and he never thought that what he did uh, in 1973, when he made his first uh, handset call, what would happen today? The massive amount of mobiles in the world today and the main means of communication by people today. And had anybody ever got one of those? A few. It's easy for putting in your pocket, isn't it? What do you do? It's one my mother had. There you had. And it was very basic, wasn't it? But everybody thought it was wonderful when they got them. And how far advanced, how up-to-date they were. Now we have it. Would it maybe even be just sometimes just a bit, a bit more than the size of your screen, some of the mobiles that people had? But now we have mobiles and we can do absolutely anything with that thing we can put in our pocket. So many things have happened that our mobile has. And perhaps, who knows, if we're spared for another decade, what, what more things we may be able to do with a mobile. I think they must be nearly out of what they can do with a mobile phone now. But it's a massive way of communication 
that we have on the, on the mobile. Then, of course, yeah, CDs, DVDs, Facebook, Twitter, Skype, Instagram, emails, text, live stream, Zoom. We've had more and more about Zoom and on me, online and podcasts over these last few months. And everybody over there in my right is laughing at me, and I'm sure you're all too, because here's this man who knows very little about te- technology, been to all these wonderful words. I know all about it, but I'm not sure if I can do very much about it. But there we are. It's communication, isn't it? All these wonderful means of communication, they're very important. And even today, in all this lockdown and all, when our churches were closed, I heard that on an on a, on a interview on, on, a, on, on, a, on a podcast about uh, the devil said to God, I've closed the churches. And God replied to him, no, I've opened up all the homes. Communication through all these social media meant that we churches were closed for worship, but we were able to use all means of modern technology to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ and the gospel into homes everywhere. That's what I want to speak about quickly this morning, to be serious for a few moments. We read in God's word about communicating the good news of the gospel. In Romans chapter 10 it said, how then can they call on the one of whom they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. So, yes, communicating the gospel, the good news as the missionary societies and the representative missionaries like the Watsons family uh, in Sweden that we support or the work of Irish Church Missions, for example, down in Dublin, uh, to name but two. They felt called by God, those people who are working for those missionary societies, to go out and tell the good news to people. For example, down in Dublin, the Irish Church Missions is working in a very multicultural society. It's great difficulty for them at the moment. They can't go out and do face-to-face work uh, among people. But they're dealing with all sorts of creeds, classes, religions, colours of skin, everything. But they're using it as best they can. The, the online system, social media, and all systems that they can to bring the good news. But what I'm trying to say is, those who are missionaries who've gone forth to tell the good news in their own country or throughout the world, couldn't go unless they felt God was calling them. And when they go, they preach or they tell the good news about Jesus Christ. How we're all sinners. Christ loved us and he came into the world. He went and he died on the cross. He rose again and he went back to heaven. He will return again one day. And when we trust in him as our Saviour and Lord, our sins are forgiven. And we have the certainty of eternal life and heaven one day. So someone is called, they felt Go out and tell people who have never heard about Jesus Christ this good news. And those who hear it then, as they listen, not only with their outward ears, but with their inner spiritual ears, then they respond. They not only hear, they listen, and they respond. They obey the good news of Jesus Christ. But they can't do it unless it's communicated to them. Whether it's through speech, face-to-face contact, whether it's through written material or through all the means of social media, but someone must do that. And then it says, if those people, like us as well, we hear this good news and respond to it, and we confess with our mouths that Jesus Lord acknowledge that we are sinners, that God loves us, 
And we trust in Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives to come and rule in our lives and direct our lives. Then that will happen. And it says, if we believe also in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We will be rescued and we will know God's forgiveness. We will know the certainty of being a follower of Jesus Christ. It says, everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. But unless that good news is proclaimed, by whatever means, nothing happens. There's no response. God uses all these various means to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Just as a couple of weeks ago, we thought about the Bible Society and how it communicates God's word throughout the world in the translation and distribution uh, of God's word and the various means he used to teach it. So what I'm saying today is God uses all these means in a world today which doesn't want to know about God, doesn't want to know about Jesus Christ, where all there's so many various religions in the world and they're all vying and saying, we will bring you to God. But we know the Christian faith says Jesus is the only way to God. No other religion, no other religion has its head, its leader still alive. We can take you, Muslims can take you to Muhammad's grave. All the other religions have good things, but they don't have the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we find in him alone. A world which is full of many cultures, a world which is full of secularism, materialism, indifference, people who are opposed to the gospel, government's legislation against Christian principles and the teachings of scripture. We need people who love Jesus to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ and to give us certainty and hope and assurance. Today we're living in very uncertain, unsure days, dark days, difficult days. But as I said at the beginning of the service, we can communicate, we can have assurance in the good news that we find in the gospel. So today we're thinking about the communicating of the most important piece of news ever, that God loves us. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die in our place, on our behalf, for our sins we couldn't clear or couldn't be forgiven of. And God offers us new hope, new life, certainty when we trust in Jesus as our saviour. So yes, all the means of communication, think about all that they are and how they're all been used, still been used to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, you have heard as throughout the world in its various time spans, people will be hearing the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of his love for us. And I said, our mission societies, those involved in it, have felt called by God. They've gone to do this work. So therefore we need to pray for them. We need to support and give towards them financially. They do the work. And no one can hear the good news unless someone is sent. Then when they hear it, they can believe. But you know, you and I can hear the good news. You and I can uh, respond to the good news of salvation in Christ. And you and I can also be missionaries. We also can live out the Christian faith in our workplace, in our homes, our church, our community. We can, by words and by deeds, we can uh, communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, today we give you thanks.
for the good news we have of your love for us in Jesus Christ. We pray that you will help us at all times to love you with all our heart, mind, soul and strength, to trust in you, to live out your good news. But we remember and pray for those who bring your good news throughout the whole world. We pray that you bless them in the work that they are doing and may they have blessing for their work. We thank you for your word and help us, Father, to read it as you have given to us and to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.